true reality. While there are many perceived realities, there is only one true reality. Everything you know in the intellectual mind is a metaphor for what actually is. Nothing you know is true. This world is not words, therefore the words in which you explain the world to yourself are merely a finger pointing towards the actual world. This world is not meanings and definitions, therefore one's concepts and beliefs, strung together by words, are not actually of this world. They are more like an overlay or texture of one's consciousness towards the world. What is the raw reality? The unnamed reality. <clears throat> it is the reality in which your imagination of reality resides. It is the background of one's perceived reality. When one's perceived reality falls away, true reality reclaims its space autonomously. All things merge, no things are named, but something remains. What is this something? When one accepts this something as a whole, one can remain in true reality peacefully. But when one questions any particular aspect of this something, true reality dissolves into description of itself and one's perceived reality rushes back in autonomously. To go more in depth on this ebbing and flowing of true reality and the subjective perceived realities, I can use sleep as an analogy. <clears throat> when one lies down for bed, they continue interacting with their perceived reality naming, describing, and imagining things. But as the autonomously driven force of sleep comes over them, this reality of naming, describing, and imagining things subsides into the unnamed reality, the bottom line essence of our beings. In this space, the perceived reality has vanished and one has entered into true reality. But he who imagines this perceived reality is not there to bear the fruits of this true reality. Stating earnestly upon wakefulness that nothing happened during sleep, if one is able to recall dreams they've had during their sleep, this will be all they recall, as these dreams are a very subtle level of one's perceived reality, and can still be considered an obscurity of true, unnamed reality. Although seen as a projection of one's unconscious mind, dreams act as a model of one's intellectual mind. If one goes lucid in a dream, they may put their beliefs, desires, and imagination up to the test of this so-called dream world, but all the while never questioning this dream's world's integrity or legitimacy. In the same way one does not question the legitimacy of his current physical existence during wakefulness, one does not question the legitimacy of his dreaming existence during sleep. This essentially is the tie to the perceived reality, infinitely blurring the view of true reality. Questioning one's perceived reality may lead him to true reality, but questioning true reality surely leads one to his perceived reality. As a major part of one's perceived reality is made up of words, Questioning one's perceived reality using these words leads the major part of one's perceived reality, being concepts and beliefs, to the brink of namelessness. This is where no further addition of words can suffice one's question. 
doing this properly exposes fallacy or holes in one's perceived reality, allowing them to deeply reevaluate further aspects of their perceived reality beyond their concepts and beliefs. For example, questioning why a blade of grass appears the way it does will begin an autonomous rundown of why one thinks this blade of grass looks the way it does. If one can efficiently reject the mind's many manifestations of explanation, the answer will arise in its absence. <clears throat> but one will not come out of this exercise thinking, ah, this blade of grass appears the way it does because... If the mind was fully and properly rejected, one will simply know without knowing how they know. This is the essence of the unnamed reality. If one improperly rejects the mind during a philosophical reflection in an attempt to see the true nature of their question, he will remain in a state of questioning his question rather than questioning his answers. By doing this, one is at risk of falling into a state of thinking they know by obsessively rejecting their subtle thought forms, unexpectedly becoming bound to the perceived reality once again of thinking they know true reality. Even if one is to reject the thought of thinking they know true reality, deep down they believe that this allows them to know, thus sparking the same thought form that he's currently trying to reject creating an endless cycle of rejecting, then thinking you've got it, then rejecting, then thinking you've got it, and so on. Rejecting a thought does not mean ignoring it. Rejecting a thought means diving directly into it analytically. This confusion is what le will lead one to obsessively question rather than mindfully analyze. Obsessively questioning never ceases in the waking mind. Mindfully analyzing diffuses the questions of the waking mind. This may lead one to true reality. Why would one want to abide in true reality as opposed to their perceived reality? The difference between the two is perception. One who yearns true reality may be wishing to abolish his fears, anxieties, and depressions of his, of his perceived reality. But one does not perceive true reality, which is where the resolutions to his problems lie. So one must become true reality, in which his perceived reality will naturally fall away. If one were to suddenly realize that all his problems have vanished now that he is in true reality, he has unknowingly grown deeper roots into his perceived reality, regardless of the state of his sensations. If one were to experience direct insight into true reality, thereby thinking he gets it, he would be cast into his perceived reality thus again. So how does one become true reality? One may become true reality by unknowing his perceived reality. Intense digression of what one thinks they know reveals the edges of the intellectual mind. These edges can be defined as a gateway to true reality. Further digression of one's intellectual limits beholds the forefront of namelessness, where one's perceived reality may begin to flicker in and out. The intervals between perception one experiences at this stage, as their perceived reality flickers in and out, is true reality. One must learn the flow of true reality 
or else you may become stuck thinking you are perceiving the true reality as opposed to being true reality. How do I do this? How do I make this into an anchor? True reality. While there are many perceived realities, there is only one true reality. Everything you know in the intellectual mind is a metaphor for what actually is. Nothing you know is true. This world is not words, therefore the words in which you explain the world to yourself are merely a finger pointing towards the actual world. This world is not meanings and definitions, therefore one's concepts and beliefs, strung together by words, are not actually of this world. They are more like an overlay or texture of one's consciousness towards the world. What is the raw reality? The unnamed reality. <clears throat> it is the reality in which your imagination of reality resides. It is the background of one's perceived reality. When one's perceived reality falls away, true reality reclaims its space autonomously. All things merge, no things are named, but something remains. What is this something? When one accepts this something as a whole, one can remain in true reality peacefully. But when one questions any particular aspect of this something, true reality dissolves into description of itself and one's perceived reality rushes back in autonomously. To go more in depth on this ebbing and flowing of true reality and the subjective perceived realities, I can use sleep as an analogy. <clears throat> when one lies down for bed, they continue interacting with their perceived reality, naming, describing, and imagining things. But as the autonomously driven force of sleep comes over them, this reality of naming, describing, and imagining things subsides into the unnamed reality, the bottom-line essence of our beings. In this space, the perceived reality has vanished and one has entered into true reality. But he who imagines this perceived reality is not there to bear the fruits of this true reality. Stating earnestly upon wakefulness that nothing happened during sleep, if one is able to recall dreams they've had during their sleep, this will be all they recall, as these dreams are a very subtle level of one's perceived reality, and can still be considered an obscurity of true, unnamed reality. Although seen as a projection of one's unconscious mind, dreams act as a model of one's intellectual mind. If one goes lucid in a dream, they may put their beliefs, desires, and imagination up to the test of this so-called dream world, but all the while never questioning this dream's world's integrity or legitimacy. In the same way one does not question the legitimacy of his current physical existence during wakefulness, one does not question the legitimacy of his dreaming existence during sleep. This essentially is the tie to the perceived reality, infinitely blurring the view of true reality. Questioning one's perceived reality may lead him to true reality, 
but questioning true reality surely leads one to his perceived reality. As a major part of one's perceived reality is made up of words, questioning one's perceived reality using these words leads the major part of one's perceived reality, being concepts and beliefs, to the brink of namelessness. This is where no further addition of words can suffice one's question. Doing this properly exposes fallacy or holes in one's perceived reality, allowing them to deeply re-evaluate further aspects of their perceived reality beyond their concepts and beliefs. For example, questioning why a blade of grass appears the way it does will begin an autonomous rundown of why one thinks this blade of grass looks the way it does. If one can efficiently reject the mind's many manifestations of explanation, the answer will arise in its absence. <clears throat> but one will not come out of this exercise thinking, ah, this blade of grass appears the way it does because... If the mind was fully and properly rejected, one will simply know without knowing how they know. This is the essence of the unnamed reality. If one improperly rejects the mind during a philosophical reflection in an attempt to see the true nature of their question, he will remain in a state of questioning his question rather than questioning his answers. By doing this, one is at risk of falling into a state of thinking they know by obsessively rejecting their subtle thought forms, unexpectedly becoming bound to the perceived reality once again of thinking they know true reality. Even if one is to reject the thought of thinking they know true reality, deep down they believe that this allows them to know, thus sparking the same thought form that he's currently trying to reject, creating an endless cycle of rejecting, then thinking you've got it, then rejecting, then thinking you've got it, and so on. Rejecting a thought does not mean ignoring it. Rejecting a thought means diving directly into it analytically. This confusion is what le will lead one to obsessively question rather than mindfully analyze. Obsessful, obsessively questioning never ceases in the waking mind. Mindfully analyzing diffuses the questions of the waking mind. This may lead one to true reality. Why would one want to abide in true reality as opposed to their perceived reality? The difference between the two is perception. One who yearns true reality may be wishing to abolish his fears, anxieties, and depressions of his, of his perceived reality. But one does not perceive true reality, which is where the resolutions to his problems lie. So one must become true reality, in which his perceived reality will naturally fall away. If one were to suddenly realize that all his problems have vanished now that he is in true reality, he has unknowingly grown deeper roots into his perceived reality, regardless of the state of his sensations. If one were to experience direct insight into true reality, thereby thinking he gets it, he would be cast into his perceived reality thus again. So how does one become true reality? One may become true reality by unknowing his perceived reality. Intense digression of what one thinks they know reveals the edges of the intellectual mind. 
these edges can be defined as a gateway to true reality. Further digression of one's intellectual limits beholds the forefront of namelessness, where one's perceived reality may begin to flicker in and out. The intervals between perception one experiences at this stage, as their perceived reality flickers in and out, is true reality. One must learn the flow of true reality, or else you may become stuck thinking you are perceiving the true reality, as opposed to being true reality.